Roses are red, violets are blue, it's the This Game Wear Valentine special, so welcome to you. <laughs> Not a fan? <laughs> no. Properly naff this, this week, that. But I was embracing the Valentine spirit. Welcome to the This yes. Game Wear Valentine's Day special. This is Chris, and that little boy over there is... Little boy? Yep. <laughs> little Alex Horn! Not Little Alex Oh Horn. no, sorry. Ashley. Ashley, I'm Ashley. Okay. Are you taller than me? I don't think you are. A little bit. Are you? Okay. Yeah. All right, I'll be little little Ashley. So this is the Valentine's Day special yeah, going should, out on Thursday the 13th of February in the year of our Lord 2020. So recorded the weekend before. This is a double special because not only is it our Valentine's Day special, it's also our 10th episode spectacular. And we've decided that we're going to do something special every multiple of 10 going forward, which is yeah, what's actually... 10, 10, 20, 30 and so forth. You get, yeah, you get the idea. I hope so. So what are we doing for, Ashley? We decided that we were going to do games that we've never played. So we're still talking about games from the olden days, but we haven't played them. Neither of us have played this one. Do you... Oh, no, I've, I'm going to tell them what it is, aren't I? Well, we decided to go for a game that neither of us has played and in keeping with the Valentine's Day special, something linked to Valentine's Day, romance, yeah. love, which actually proved so I was quite think, difficult. Yeah, this is... And that's something that I wanted to talk about anyway later on, but... What I've realised is that we've gone like the typical lad route with this, haven't we? We've gone very route one. What do you mean? Instead of thinking like love and romance, we've gone dirty. Bawdy. Bawdy, yeah. Lewd. Right. So that and that was almost the first thing that we thought as well, I think, because we I don't think we've mentioned suggested any other games. Are there any other games too? I genuinely can't think of any others beyond what we've we've gone for. No, there's probably some really nice romance romantic games somewhere, isn't there? I just can't think I've played any. What was that one on the PlayStation that I played at yours? Was it Catherine? Oh, yeah. That's, we that's could a, have done Catherine. That's a bad that one, though, Similarly, is fairly, fairly sex-orientated. What other games did you think of, then? Well, I couldn't. But okay, that's right. Yeah, it's something that we can we can think about. <laughs> Next year. We haven't, told, we haven't said what game we're doing, have no, we? No, because you said you are going to do a little yeah, so intro. You obviously know, if you've clicked on this, you know what game it is, but it's Leisure Suit Larry. Normally we do like a little guessing game for whoever hasn't brought the game, but obviously there's no point in doing that because we both know what the game is. So instead, I am going to read a little section of the blurb off the original back of the box. So for context, and just in case you weren't aware, Leisure Suit Larry, Leisure Suit Larry? Leisure Suit Larry is an adventure game that came out in 1987. So we have played Adventure Games previously, Discworld, in episode yeah. three, a genre that both you and I quite like. So it's a, a bit of a surprise when I've played this game. Well, maybe maybe I don't not a surprise, but for, for the actual tone all. of the game, possibly. The thing is, it's, it is an adventure game, but it's an adventure game with a certain bent. Uh, and I, I'll read this, and maybe you'll have a bit more of an idea of what the bent is, and then we'll right. discuss, can't we? Okay. So, it says, Become the lovable nerd Larry for one fabulous night. You'll dance, you'll drink, you'll gamble, and if you're, you play your cards right, you might even meet the girl, in brackets, or girls, of your dreams. What? what? Watch yeah, out, exactly. girls. <laughs> Leisure Suit Larry is a humorous, harmless endeavour for adults. The object of the game is to help Larry overcome his jerkisms and lose his you-know-what. It's a silly, risque romp through the single scene and a challenging adventure game that will test your street smarts and suave sophistication. So slip into your leisure suit, whatever one of those is, and venture out into the land of the lounge lizards. We guarantee it'll be a night you will never forget. So... That makes me feel ill. Yeah, <laughs> me too. I know what you mean. But it, 
I also get the sense when I was reading it first, like when I found it, and and even when I'm reading it there, I feel like they're already sort of trying to make excuses yeah. for themselves, like to <laughs> yeah. to excuse themselves for the people that are going to take issue with it. They're trying to be a bit arch, aren't they? Yeah, they're and telling you what themselves it is. from it. Yeah, yeah, I, they're I telling that. you what it is, but they're also saying they they say it's a humorous, harmless endeavor yes, I, for adults. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like. For God's sake, Catholic Church, if you're if you're taking issue with this, it's just a bit of slapstick yes, fun. It's your own fault, really. Yeah, exactly. It reminded me, have you ever seen the interview after the life of Brian with two of the Pythons? One of them drunk leads, I can't remember who the other one is, but they've got the they've got someone like the Archbishop on this chat show right. with two of the Pythons, and the Archbishop is having a real go at them. Saying, sort of trying to deride the film and saying, oh, it's such a childish endeavour and I don't think you'll shake anybody's faith. And they are being quite upstanding. It, the Pythons are being quite mm. upstanding and sort of trying to be rigorous about what they what they've actually achieved. And uh, at the same time saying you be you are being ridiculous. Now, the Pythons did a good job of that. Yes. Leisure Suit Larry's <laughs> writers, blurb writers, I don't think have. I think that, yeah, it's not, it's naff. <laughs> it is naff. There is a lot to take part in that. The thing that I, I thought about that word harmless, mm. like you said about, the other thing I thought about was where it said about street smarts. What was, what was the sentence where it says street smarts? Yeah, uh, let me just find it. Oh, it says, it's a silly, risque romp through the single scene and a challenging adventure game that will test your street smarts and suave sophistication. I'm going to put my neck on the line here, whatever the phrase is. Is that the right? right? Yeah. Yep. I don't know what you're going to do. I'm, I'm going to say that line? no one playing Leisure Suit Larry has street smarts or street suave smart. sophistication. Well, there we go. That's my my sweeping statement. Uh, you might you might regret saying that later, but we'll we'll come to that later. One of the other things that I've prepared was I just searched up Leisure Suit Larry and got like a Google Images results. Right. Just so that we could get a flavour before we play. Flavour of the man. Yeah, of like what sort of character he is. Now, if you look at that set of pictures, how do you feel? <laughs> he looks a bit like Mr. Bean. Yeah, he does kind of look a bit Mr. Beanish, but like a sleazy yeah. Mr. Bean. Mr. Sleaze. Mr. Sleaze. Mr. Sleazy Bean. Sleazy Mr. Bean? He reminds me of the sort of character, if this was a film, that John Lovitz would play. You know that I don't know people. You'd recognise me if you... If I you almost saw. certainly would If only in my hands I possessed a way to, to bring up Google Images and, and Google for John Lovitz. I'm going to do it now, actually. Okay. John Lovitz. Lovitz? Lovitz. That guy. Yes! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Or that, what's his face? Like, if there was a film version of, of Leisure Suit Larry, you also... Just on that Well, note, it's funny you should say that. <laughs> you said about Leisure Suit... I didn't have a clue what a leisure suit was either, so I had to look on the internet for it. A leisure suit is a casual suit that consists of a shirt-like jacket and matching trousers that is reminiscent of the 1970s. So I think a leisure suit is something that... Like a smoking jacket type type thing, but not as posh. And it marks the person wearing it. It shows they're a bit retro and a bit... Shabby, possibly. I, okay. I don't know. I, I would guess it's probably something. I mean, when more you American. say yeah, when you say leisure suit, it does take me back to the seventies. Yeah. So just the thoughts that I have. I'm guessing looking at these images like again. Shag. It's shag. Yeah, like shag carpeting. Oh right, I thought you were propositioning me. No, I was <laughs> the Valentine's Day special. All <laughs> oh, right. It's the the whole. He's got a little blazer and rolled the oversized collar. Yeah. And, yeah. Like it, there's one in there where he's sort of talking to some women in a in a screenshot, and he's like got he's pointing at them or something. Oh, it's the um, e, yeah, the John like Ponzi type thing. And, you know, it made me sad anyway. 
Yeah. So, yeah, that's what we're getting ourselves into. And I assume, in fact, I know that you were aware of the game before we said that we were going to have a look at it. Again, going back to, as I said before, myself really enjoying adventure games, this is something that I often saw in PC World when I was looking at different adventure games, and I just saw it there, but I never felt inclined to, to pursue it. I don't think I'd, I'd be able to anyway. Uh, you don't, I don't think you're looking forward to playing it. You seem a bit... Okay, I I have a horrible feeling. And I, I, during my research last night, I was looking on quite a few websites that I was hoping would back me up a bit with this. Surprising they didn't. I'll come to that in a minute. I have a horrible feeling this game is going to be unkind to its portrayal of women i think it's going to feel very very dated okay and i think in 2020 with a woke culture and i don't mean that in a derogatory way i mean that in a very positive way i think it's i think it's going to be very uncomfortable you know me too for i I don't want to degrade anyone in terms of that i i think it's going to just be very uncomfortable to play yeah because the point of the game is to was it to, to sleep with? Well, to make him lose his you-know-what? I know. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he's a virgin. Oh, I thought he was losing his marbles or something. No, he didn't. No, I didn't. Oh, dear. So that's apparently the the aim of the game. I have the same worries that it's going to be so sleazy. Yeah. That I just... I feel tense going into this. But equally, when I was a kid, I don't know when, I, when it was, but when we had a PC, so probably sort of early 2000s, I remember one of them coming out, like Legend Suit, like Suit Larry 6 or 7 or whatever it was, and, and sort of looking at it and being teenage boyish about it, you know, like... What, a good way or like... I think it was a conflicted feeling because the character himself does not look, doesn't appeal to me at all. No. But I think the idea that there would be naked ladies... Yeah. Uh, appealed. <laughs> he's, a, he's a schlub, isn't he? He's I, yeah, I think that's what is. Of they, they actually put on the back that he's a jerk. He's the original blind date nightmare, the kind of guy you wouldn't want your daughter to date, let alone meet. But he's also the unlikely hero, in air quotes, right, of this new 3D animated adventure game from, the create, from makers of King's Quest. Right. Yeah, because that's the other thing that is worth saying. This wasn't just like a back-of-the-magazine game. It was, it Sierra, was made by it? Sierra. Yeah. Sierra, for anyone that doesn't know, were, were making big old games like King's Quest, Space mm. Quest, Police Quest... Um, all the quests. Yeah, well, they they were. <laughs> they were doing all this. Some of Hannah's favourite games, the right. quest series. And actually, the person that made this, Allo. Yes. He was involved in a lot of those. Did you did you find anything about the games that he'd worked on prior to this? I looked up Allo and I didn't recognise any of the games he's worked on. But I did find that he is 73. He still runs and maintains his website. His website. And he, he runs, which I think is brilliant. He has a daily joke mailing yes, list. Yes, he does, yeah. You found it's that called, as well. It's called Cyber Joke 3000 yeah, or yeah. something like so that. And it's... Type in your email address and they'll send you a joke a day. I thought yeah. it was brilliant. Yeah, I thought so too. I've got the... I've got the uh, Have you signed up? I haven't signed up, but I've got the website here. So it's at the top. If you go, there's like a little carousel. And the third option on the carousel is Cyber Joke 3000 with a TM trademarked. Brilliant. Yeah, and it's actually an app. I don't know if you realise that. It's not oh, wow. It's not just an email thing. He's got an app as well. Allo's Comedy Club. So that's the same thing, but an app. What a guy. It's also... So the, one of the things that I wanted to draw your attention to on the back of the box was... Let me just get the box back up, sorry. This picture here, right? So on the back of the box, it's a bit it's a bit degraded because of the oh. low quality. Oh. But look at that picture. So I'll describe this picture. It's Aulo and Mark Crow underneath two very 80s looking men, both dressed right into the Legislative Larry room. Yeah, with the, the one the, on the, the left is Aulo and the one so, on the right is Mark Crow. And it, it's... Uh, a 
photograph of both of them, one either side looking at her lady's rear ends and legs as she walks past, look, both looking very happy at the situation. And yeah, well, I would... Leering. I mean, you could just go and have a look on the back of the box if you if you want to. If you search Legislative Larry lounge lizard blurb or box, you'll be able to have a look at this picture. It is... It's cringy, not yeah. just because of the looks, but because of the clothes, but mainly because of the looks that they've got on their faces. They're like, it's like the equivalent of patting the secretary yeah, on the on the arse yeah. in a in a film or something like that. This picture sums up to me what I feel the game is going to be like. And just look at this picture again; I am feeling uncomfortable. Yeah, well, that's that's kind of what I felt as well. Like, I it was cringe. It was totally yeah. cringy. Uh, and then I started to think. It, also, it doesn't really do. I I don't want to get into being sort of judgy about the man, but it doesn't particularly do Allo any justice. Like, it doesn't make him look particularly endearing. No, not so. As a person. So I then went to see if I could find any other pictures, and one of the pictures that is quite easy to find is on Wikipedia, and that doesn't do him any favours either. <laughs> <laughs> looks surprised. He doesn't do. Do you think he looks surprised? I think he looks murderous. Guilty. Yeah, guilty. <laughs> Exactly. So, yeah, that's two pictures. But if you go to his website, you do find the opposite of that. You find this picture here where he looks like a happy Santa. He looks avuncular. I don't know what that means. Thank you. Uh, jolly. Jolly. I, yeah, uh, he does like like a rosy red yeah, Santa. Like, a, like an uncle figure. But a, yeah. good, a good uncle. He looks like Santa. Yeah, he does. So he, you've got those two pictures that where he looks a bit, a bit murdery or a bit sleazy. <laughs> and then you've got... This one where he looks it's like Santa. So if, quite the other end of the spectrum. Yeah, what I'm what I'm trying to do is not judge him on the first two, judge him on the sef- on the last one because that's clearly what he wants to be judged on because that's on his website. And the picture on the bo- back of the box that's very of its time and well, it's not just of its time; it's very within the realms of like of the game of the game. Yes, I agree. Um, and I don't know. I don't. You know, I don't know whether the thing is they clearly want people to realise they they were working overtime for people to accept that it was a harmless endeavour for adults. So it's a bit silly, a bit cheap, cheap and tongue-in-cheek. Benny Hill. bit bo- Benny Hill, yeah. yeah. I think that's where we're going with it. But the word I used was, was bawdy, carry-on films. Carry-on, yeah. It's, yeah I, I think that's where it's going to be, but it's but an also version of that. an American version of that, which is going to be uh, interesting for, for us to see. Have, also, are, you, are you a fan probably, of the carry-on films? Do you ever no, watch I hate any them. of them. hate them. I remember my not dad... Because, not because they're bawdy, but because I think that the comedy is... Is crap. Just crass. Yeah. Crap, crass, but also crap. My dad uh, sent me down to watch, I think it was Karen Up the Jungle when I was probably about 13 or 14, and I just hated it. Yeah, I do as well. It's just, they're just very poorly made. Yeah. And there'll be lots of people, probably not listening to this podcast, but lots of people out in the world who think the opposite. But they, yeah, they've got a big fan base. I know there's uh, one of our regular listeners who is a, a very big fan of them for really? uh, the reasons that genuinely perplex me but then mm. there we go you might have to have a word yeah uh, or get him to explain because I'd, I'd love to know why they I think the phrase uh, so uh, good clean fun I think that would be a phrase oh, right. that would be okay. used well as I say it's nothing to do with the bawdiness of them it's, it's everything to do with the jokes the jokes are crap they're just flat jokes silly it's not even the silliness I, there's like Spencer James yeah we were talking about Spencer James Spencer yeah. James is absolutely absurd Really, really silly, but really good. Yeah. So, yeah, silly is not the problem. Crap is the problem. They're just low quality. But we don't have to beat that horse for too long, do we? Um, Shall we? Because you, you mentioned the name of this this game, the first game. I started jotting down the names of all the games because each one of them made me feel ill. Yeah. You're nodding at this. Um, yeah. So I, I took a photo. Of there my... is one in particular, the latest. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I'm going to read them out one by one. I'm not going to pass any comment or judgment, neither is Ashley. We're just going to read them out and just let the title of each one soak so, in. Uh, for anyone that remembers, for anyone that's most recently listened to The Lemmings, you'll know that Chris loves listicles. I knew you'd comment on that. Yeah. I can't stop him. That's the, that, it's a problem. I live my got. life by this. I've, Apparently. I've got lists on my phone for um, you know, the, films the to watch and books to read. Be, oh, no, I've got the same yeah. thing. But I don't list them to an audience of people that I'm trying to entertain. <laughs> this I don't, I don't this, crack out my 500 best books This list, list is going to be entertaining. I, they're right. for me. Right. So I'm going Before to read I start, though, I will point out to people listening, the problem with this list is that all of the titles are really long. So it's not just a list. <laughs> it's a list where every single item is super long and you're going to get lost in a jumble of words. But I've I've made my excuses. Right. Christopher, take, go ahead. Take me by the hands. I'm going to lead you down this, this path. So, number one, Leisure Suit Larry in the Land of the Lounge Lizards, which, which is what, what we're playing. We're actually going to be playing the remake, which is 1991. It All it added was better graphics and sound and things. And there was a Kickstarter yeah, remake well, this of is it. The, this is the thing. It was kickstarted in 2013, and it was the first. I think I don't think I've got this wrong. Correct me if I am. It was the first game ever to be kickstarted. Yes, I read that that, uh, last night as well. It said something on the lines of how it was one of the first video games to be crowdfunded, along with the was it Broken Age, the the Double Fine. Yeah, Double Fine. I've got that one. Yeah, I started playing it and didn't get very far because I got a bit bored with it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Was it? Was it? Did you start in the spaceship? Yeah, and then I got to the bit that was off the spaceship and. Just went. I lost. Okay, lost interest in it. Mm. Fair enough. I mean, I don't think it's as good as the classic. No, not at all. Uh, adventure games, but so that was followed in 1988 by Leisure Suit Larry Goes Looking for Love, which is brackets fine. in several wrong places, which is still fine. Brackets. Like in terms of Tibet, it doesn't make me cringe. Too geographical much. places? No, <laughs> you know what I mean. In terms of what the game's going for, an armpit. Some people are into that, aren't they? Number three. Leisure Suit Larry 3, Passionate Patty in Pursuit of the Pulsating Pectorals, 1989. 1991, Leisure Suit Larry 5, Passionate Patty Does a Little Undercover Work. Now, the more eagle-eared listeners might have noticed that that skit, Leisure Suit Larry 4... Yeah, I thought this was really quite interesting and fun. I, I quite like this. We'll come back to that then, because yeah. I want to get my list done. The completionist okay, sorry. Yeah. Leisure Suit Larry 6, Shape Up or Slip Out, 1993. That is related... You know, that's penile. That's phallic. For anyone that didn't... Shape up or slip up. Oh, I, I genuinely did not get that. No? No. <laughs> it's like thumbing it in. Oh, sort of. Jesus, wept. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Leisure Suit Larry 6, Love for Sale. Yeah, like, I don't really get that one. I presume it's, it's, it's some S-A-I-L. kind of love boat. Yeah, like love boat type Presumably. reference, maybe. Not interested. And then there was Larry, like... Larry Lovage, which I think was his his nephew, it said. Uh, Leisure Suit Larry, Magna Cum Laude? Laude, I think. Yeah. Say, yeah. And it's, that's, isn't that a, a degree? Magna Cum Laude? It's something to do, I, it's something that they have in the American college system. I don't really, like it's some kind of award, I think. But yeah. I, I'm talking about, you know, I, I think a very that's, speculative place, I don't know. That's from 2004. I'm guessing there it's the, the Cum so C-C-U-M. it might have been that one. I, In fact, based on timing, I think it's probably that one that I saw come out and it was in 3D. And it, ah, looked, right. it looked like cartoony and silly, but it also had like boobs there and stuff when I was a teenage boy. So I can imagine, I can imagine, uh, the thing is, I knew that it wasn't a good, it didn't look like a good game. It just looked titillating. It was titillating, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so it was, a, it, I think that's what all these games were doing. They were appealing to a certain 
thing in the, the street smart people with yeah, smart sophisticated one. Yeah. But in two thousand two thousand nine, it was Leisure Suit Larry box office bust. I think that's pretty obvious. The pun there. Yeah. Then there was Reloaded in two thousand and thirteen, and then a remake. Of the original, ah, right. the remake oh. of the one that we're going to be playing. So there's a remake of it, and there's also a Kickstarter. Yeah, this is very confusing. And then most recently in 2018, oh well, I don't, I, I'm which is same. available for the Switch, PS4, Windows, and Mac, if you're interested, for some reason, is Leisure Suit Larry: Wet Dreams Don't Dry, and that makes me feel sad. <laughs> yeah, Wet Dreams I don't, don't like that Dry. One at all. I don't understand what even. What's that mean? What do you mean? What does it mean? Well, I understand that. It, the, the literal interpretation, wet dreams. That, there's no invention there, is there? That's just a, a literal, you have a wet dream, it, it, it won't dry. It doesn't make any sense. There's no smut or innuendo. It's just a... It, well, there is. It's a it's a very on-the-nose, wet dreams, a wet dream. It might as well be called like. Leisure Suit Larry colon sex, exclamation mark. <laughs> well, maybe. It's maybe. ridiculous. I don't know. In it's, that one... It's, I, it's going for that sort of um, James Bondy sort of uh, oh, title, isn't it? So. right, yeah, I get Yeah, okay. I think it is, anyway. So this most recent one, it sees Larry navigating the minefield of 21st century dating, such as online and Tinder and all that. Oh, know. really? Yeah, which had mixed to positive reviews, amazingly. Really? Uh, well, I said amazingly. The, this is the I am being very judgmental. Yeah, yeah. And I'm trying not to be. Exactly. Because I'm, I'm kind of hoping that this game will be like some weird surprise. Like, we're both expecting it to make us cringe and make us yeah. feel a bit sad. And for it to be like... We've said carry on type style humor, but equally, one of the things that I have, I did find in my sort of adventures trying to figure out what this game was and why we were bothering, yeah, <laughs> uh, was that it won a software publishers award, Publishers Association Award in okay. 1987 for I think it was for writing. PC Format Magazine placed it in the top 50 games of all time, best games of all time. When was that? 1986. Uh, 1986. Okay, so... Uh, Computer Gaming World in 1996. Watch out for the joke here. Right. Put it at 69th um. place for... Uh, as the best... Uh, one of the best... I'm uh, trying not to find games. that funny, but that is quite well, like, funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and they also placed it fifth in the humour category. Fifth. In, in, in all time? Yeah. I wonder what came number one. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't check. But, like, there are clearly people that mm. think it's... It, All right, it so. seems to be quite well regarded, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, and, that, and that's and the thing. It, maybe we will play it and be pleasantly surprised. Yeah, it had I hope no... So. Because they thought... Because they didn't know what the reception was going to be like, they gave it no budget whatsoever oh, okay. for ad- advertising or marketing. They didn't advertise it anywhere, and it sold something like 4,000 copies in its first... I can't remember how long, either a month or six. But then, suddenly, people started talking about it, and by the end of the year, it sold like 400,000 copies. Wow. So, it... That's with no marketing. Mm. I don't know if people realise quite how astonishing that yeah, doesn't happen very often. So, yeah, there might be something there. Maybe. I genuinely hope so. I hope so. Can I just say about the Kickstarter campaign as well? The mm. title of the Kickstarter campaign was Make Larry Come Again. Yeah, actually, if you look on our Lowe's website, there's a reference to that. It says something along the lines. I, in fact, instead of guessing, I'll get it up just one second. No, don't, don't read into what I've just said. The original music theme tune was called For Your Thighs Only as well, which I'm 99% sure was the title for the Mooted Austin Powers 4 film. Was it? Yeah. No, I don't know. But there you go, there's that James Bond yeah. element. Yeah, uh, Austin Powers as well, I suppose, is is quite enthralled to that of, yeah. smut and sense of humour. And I genuinely like the Austin Powers films, so um, maybe... I've gone off them 
those things. So. Yeah, to be fair, I said that I haven't watched any of them for no. probably about 20 years. So, well, well, there you go. Yeah. So, you like them? Yeah. You, I, I didn't like when, gold, you liked I didn't them like when you were gold member. I did not like gold no, member. No, I didn't. At all. I, that was the only one went to cinema seat. Yeah, we, me too. And I just didn't. <laughs> for some reason, we we took my friend's little sister who, <laughs> who was under 15. Oh, no. And then she was obviously turned away at the door. Yeah, and we and her mum had to come and pick her up while me and me and him waited for her in the foyer. Did you miss the start of the film? I think I can't remember to be honest, but the start of the film is that ridiculous bit where it's the big it's all the celebrities and then it ends with him going up into the sky like at the end of Greece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've seen it since as right. well because I watched it at home. Right, okay. But strange scenario. It says on his website, "Thanks to you, Leisure Suit Larry lives again." You really did, and then in air quotes, he loves air quotes. Make Leisure Suit Larry come again. Oh, they love so, that joke, don't they? Yeah. So you look at him looking like a, a happy Santa, and it's hard to type this crass innuendo. Yeah. The All he's doing is sending dirty jokes to people every day, <laughs> and uh, making rude games. So <laughs> I don't know. Take takes all sorts, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. Uh, it was so we were talking about the reception of the game. It was a slow burner. But it, it ended up being a bit of a massive, well, relatively massive hit. Um, and by 1996, it sold 1.6 million wow. copies across the series. Right, so okay. by that point, there'd been multiple games. But even so, that's not exactly small money, is it? On top of that, the first game only took six months to develop. Wow. So, you know, if you're making money, if you're selling 400,000 mm. copies with a six-month development cycle, you're doing all right. Was it you? a small team as well? We, we no, I, did. games, I didn't we? check. Right. I didn't check that because I didn't want to dwell on it. The other guy that we mentioned, Mark, Mark Crow. Crow. So Mark Crow, he worked on Space Quest. Okay. I think, but again, might be wrong, I think he did sort of the graphical sides of, of things. Um, and Allo was the jokes guy. Well, yeah, he was. But I mean, I mean, he was a bit, he was jack of all trades. There was, I, I wish I could remember which game it was, but there was a game that he worked on fairly, fairly large for Sierra where he did, did basically everything. He did design, he did uh, programming, he did oh. uh, writing and all sorts. So I think like most people in in the in that period, he was dabbling in all parts right. of it. We said about Allo, I just said about Mark Crow working on Space Quest. Allo, I asked you if you knew what Allo worked on previously. Um, and I know, for a start, he was a school teacher. Sorry, I've just realised that Allo and Mark Crow rhyme. And, then you, and, as, <laughs> and as I realised that, you were, and I know, and that actually amused me. That's some sort of some sort of limerick there, possibly. Yeah, a bit of Doctor Zoom, Doctor Voice, whatever. Anyway, so he yeah. was a school teacher. Uh, he was a school teacher, and for Sierra, he worked prior to deciding that he was going to go and do Legacy Larry for Sierra, uh, or pitching it. He worked on all the Disney licenses. All right. So he went from working on he went from working on Winnie the Pooh and Donald Duck to working on Legacy Larry. Wow. What yeah. a trajectory. I know. He did a bit of King's Quest stuff as well. But yeah, Winnie the Pooh and Donald Duck and then Dirty Smutty Sex Games. Do you know what Leisure Suit Larry is based on? Who it's based on? No, what it's based on. No. So it was based on a on a previous Sierra. So this is a bit of news to me because I didn't even realise Sierra made this before I checked. I just thought it was... It, I just saw it on the shelf. Didn't, didn't know that Sierra involved. But in 1981, Sierra yeah. made a game... A text adventure called Soft Porn Adventure. <laughs> Jeez! And this right. game, this game is based on that, even to the point where some of the text, some of the dialogue, and some of the puzzles are directly taken from Soft Porn Adventure. 
the greatest hits of softball adventure re- repackaged Basically, for yeah. this Larry. And you just said the greatest hits. So one of the things that I've had to do is buy these games. I I got the pack, Ledger Suit Larry Greatest Hits, God. for £7.69. Oh. There you go, £7.69. Was it genuinely priced at that much? Yes, uh, on Google. <laughs> I don't know whether that's exchange rates, though, <laughs> because in America it's just nine ninety nine. Oh. If you buy it in dollars, it's nine ninety nine. But now it, it, in the, the UK, it's seven sixty nine. It might just be. Is that just a happy coincidence? I, I think it's an unhappy coincidence, <laughs> but coincidence none, nonetheless. A happy ending, we can maybe mm, say. Dear, no, no. Okay, sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's infectious. <gasps> I can't remember what I was saying. Soft, soft porn, porn adventure. adventure. So soft porn adventure was included in the greatest hits. Wow. Um, but generous was removed in two thousand eighteen. Oh, yeah. So why? I don't have it. Thankfully. Why? I've no idea. Don't know. Don't know. But yeah, that's what we're going to be playing, basically. It's going to be a graf- graphic... N- wrong choice of words. <laughs> it's it's an enhanced version. Probably wrong choice of words again. <laughs> it's Stim- a stimulated It's version. a remake. There you go. It's a remake <laughs> of Soft Porn Adventure from 1981. So is Soft Porn Adventure a text-based yeah. game? Yeah. Wow. So presumably you'd have probably not the most er- erotic of... Um... Of, of media is it not really although saying that you know like some books are a bit racy, well true they? yeah ooh. American Gods is American Gods racing oh, there's a few little scenes in that they're a bit is there? I yeah. don't, that's the ooh. last thing that I remember about American Gods that's the first that's springs to mind for really me. yeah right okay. well and the bit with the, the leprechaun and the and shadow being in the car boot mm. I've still got around to watch the TV series that. no I haven't I, I've watched a couple of episodes and I then never went back any to it. at all because the book is one of my favourite books ever yeah, I absolutely too. love the book mm. but so uh, Anyway, so starting to think that we should we should jump in. I felt like we were circling around the, actually the target, it. yeah, before actually smashing through the yeah, you got some getting out the uh, dental dam, the barrier, the yeah, something I don't know. Yeah, okay. Should we should we grab it by the hands and just just go for it then? Yeah, all right. Grab grab it by the hips. Yeah. Uh, right. Let's go. I feel for it. bad. <laughs> let's go. Everybody to uh, the second half of this game where we've just been getting. St- no, no. You see, we ended the first half and I couldn't figure out a way to say what I wanted to say without being rude, and I nearly did it again. You were going to say getting stuck in. Yes, I was. Yeah, and no, I don't really think that that is what I want to say. Is it? No, not at all. I hope. Uh, I hope it was as good for you as it was for me. <sighs> exactly. I think we're going to have a problem with this this, uh, this half, aren't we? The smoke. We're just going to say things. And normally it would have been fine, but... Not anymore. No. We've been tainted by no. uh, Allo and Mark Crow. Yeah, Allo and Mark Crow. Don't you know? Tainting us from below. Yep. Is that... <laughs> bit, of, bit of poetry. We're saying we're tainted, but actually I don't think it was that bad. No, the, the first thing we need to say going forward then for the game is yes. that actually it was pretty good. Yeah, well, I don't think that is the first thing that we no, should it's, say. It's we the, say. the sexual, sexual um, content of it that we thought it was going to be really awful and horrendous and actually wasn't like that at all. We didn't come across any. So the big caveat to that is we haven't played the whole game. No. We didn't necessarily interact with everything that we even had options to interact with. So there might be things that we were missing that were like heinous, terrible, awful content. 
but for the most part, it was a quite a big surprise to me. I mm. thought it was the the first surprise was when you actually end up standing in front of Lefty's bar, which is the first setting. It looked pretty nice. It did, yeah. Yeah, for, like for a game from 1921. Yeah, the first thing we both said was how nice it looked. Yeah, I, we actually even compared it to uh, Monkey Island, and well, I, I the, think it looks better than Monkey Island. Yeah, the fluidity of the animation mm. and the the quality of the graphics, the quality of the drawing was right up there. Definitely. And maybe we shouldn't have been surprised at that because it is Sierra game. And, you know, they they were pretty well known for the quality. quality. Mm-hmm. I've played King's Quest games and they, they look pretty good. I was playing Space Quest the other week. And right. That, that was really nice. That was quite sort of... I remember, I remember when it booted up, me and Hannah said how nice it looked, mm-hmm. that one. So... Yeah, maybe we were being unfair, or th- maybe naive. I think we went we went into this expecting something, and we were pleasantly surprised that it wasn't that. Yeah, so we we bro- we briefly discussed while we were playing what it actually was that we were expecting, and I said to you that it was I was expecting a bunch of images that were titillating images, yep. sexy sexy pictures of women that were overlaid on a crappy game, yep. on a game that wasn't worth playing, and the only reason you bought it in the first place, was so that you could look at those pictures. Yeah. And, and, it, and my perception of it was going to be that it was Larry would meet a woman, he'd pretty much blink his eyes at her and then she'd sleep with him and then he'd move on to the next conquest. Yeah, even though, even though he was a jerk, even though he Precisely. was a loser, we thought that that would be the case, that, that that was the game that it was. And I've seen games like that. There's been, you know, like, you might get Mahjong, but it's sexy Mahjong. Sexy Mahjong? Have you never seen anything no. like that? Oh, well, there's, there's all sorts of games that came out, even for things like the SNES and the uh, Mega oh, Drive, God. where it was like these pixelated images of women, either nude or semi-nude, and it was always layered over like a quite a simple game to program or simple game to to play, so that you got these pictures with relative ease. You so you could get to the end easily. Well, it wasn't in, in, the in, back ev- end, in yeah. every sense. Like I've seen mahjong, where the mahjong tiles are because mahjong tiles tend tend to have at least in the games that I've seen. They have their top bit, like their yeah. suit, and then they have a back, like you yes. might have on playing cards. And the backs had naked women on all different oh, naked I guess women. you get playing cards like that as well, don't you? You do, yeah, yeah, you can. And in these games, you could just flip over the Mahjong tiles so you could see the pictures. Like, really horrendously pixelated. Yeah, like it, I presume it was like a way for married men to say, I'm just going to go play some Mahjong. I quite you know? like Mahjong. It's quite a nice little time filler. Well, you do. <laughs> yeah, just so, not normal. The normal Mahjong, right. oh, okay. not, not, yeah, not sexy Mahjong. Oh, okay, well, you know, sexy Mahjong, sexy Mahjong. It is what it is. You know, it? Yeah, exactly. But that's that's the sort of thing that I was expecting yeah. from Legacy Larry, like a way to titillate people. And it was who... it was not that. No. I so think... I started talking in the first half about this blog that I read last night. It was, it was written by a female gamer mm. who had played the game again, it's about two years ago, said that she wanted to replay the game, see what it was like in modern times, and she had the exact same conclusion as us, that actually the characters were, were the female characters, sorry, were very well written and quite strong, and they were, weren't they? The very first female that Larry came across in the game was this woman at the bar, and then we, we both thought, and yeah, we both thought, oh, here we go, here's the generic floozy at the bar, blah, 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 and... Yeah, she exactly yeah. said, no, do I think And actually, they were few and far between. I was expecting them to be... I, I was expecting Larry to be, I'm going to just have to say it, coming across one of that type of character every on every corner Definitely. or where, whatever, in every room. In the course of our play, our period of playing it, we met maybe two. We did walk past one in the bedroom, which we didn't 
really talk to, but... No. There was a prostitute you said about at the start I of the game. I think that might have been her. Ah, we should have right. talked to her. I don't really know why we didn't. In the game, there are multiple ways to die, bizarrely. Yeah. I mean, it was the first thing we did. <laughs> yeah. Tried to cross the road and got splatted. And we hadn't saved it, but no. we'd only just started as well, hadn't we? And the second one, you went the other way, uh, around the other side of the bar, and you um, got into a brawl with some bloke died and then there was like a fourth wall breaking moment wasn't there yeah which i think was the first moment that i realized that the game probably wasn't going to be anything like i'd expected cleverer than yeah thought. exactly because it started talking to you mm-hmm. and said something about going into a dark alley that was a stupid suit then it took you it said something about tr- putting him down the tube yeah yeah it triggered this this sequence where uh the the floor opens up and larry's taken down this trapdoor thing this laboratory under the ground. With a giant blender, like a futuristic sci-fi. Yeah, and he got blended into this blender and then spat out the other end and then it reformed another Larry that then went onto a platform that, that raised him up to the start of, of the game again. And it took an excessive amount of time. It took, a, and then it, and then this box came and said, see, this is what we have to go through every time you kill Larry. Didn't yeah. Something like that. Yeah, every time, every time we have to restart. That was it, yeah. Said. And it was like the... It was like the game's way of being mad at you for killing yeah. Larry. It was quite funny, actually. It was. And even even like the fact that it took so long, like it wasted your time on purpose to show you, to say to you, don't do that again. We did do that again. We drowned in some toilet water. Yeah. Yeah, the Very toilet. Very toilet. We, we went into a bathroom and I pulled the plunger thing. What's it called? Flush. Flush. I don't use them very often. Apparently not. Uh, <laughs> the... Pulled the flush and it all flooded. Uh, it flooded the bathroom and we died in our own oh. shit, I guess, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> what a way to go. Yeah, precisely. And I can only assume that there's so, so many more ways to, to go in the uh, in the game. Um, I, I quite like that. Mm. It added an element of humour and it added an element of surprise. I remember in Monkey Island, there's a bit towards the end of that where you could make Irish... Die, walk- drown. Well, no, he, he walks off a cliff on the, on Monkey Island itself. All oh, right, and there's a rubber tree underneath, and it oh, springs back, back up. Yeah, and there was some reference when that happens about how, oh yeah, don't worry, in this game you can't die. Mm. And I didn't really understand what that was getting at. That was maybe because were there other adventure games around where, where dying you... was a thing like in, this? In Legend of Larry, I found that quite frustrating because I found yeah. it, it it impeded our progress. Well, it did it when when we drowned in the in the bathroom. It did mean that we had to repeat everything that we'd done. Yeah, on that exactly. One. But maybe that was our fault. Maybe. We should have saved. And we're, I'm willing to put money on if we had been playing it in 1991, we probably would, first thing we would have done was save. I guess Then so. we probably would have saved every five minutes or so. Yeah. Whereas now, because we're so used to everything doing it for us. Auto save. Yeah. Maybe, maybe there's right. something going on there. But we are who we are, aren't we? <laughs> so, yeah, it was, it was a bit frustrating, but it, it wasn't terrible. Well, I mean, one of the things that you noted, because you, we had to, in order to make sure we weren't spend hours playing, we had to look a few things up to get ourselves going. And Ooh. you said about the game isn't actually really that long. No, it, the the walkthrough I read was, was very short. Yeah, so in terms of... We said about uh, when we were playing Gremlins, somebody finished Gremlins in half an hour, yes. but the game was actually... The game wasn't just getting from A to B, it was learning how to be good enough Absolutely. to get from A to B. And maybe that's the same sort of thing with Larry. Like the... Legislative Larry game itself is not that long, but knowing all of the pitfalls and actually coming across all the pitfalls mm-hmm. is part of the point. And like enjoying seeing the all the different ways people die. Yeah, exactly. Because mm. that's another thing you said. So exploration wise, you said about 
I just never would have clicked more than once on this thing or that thing. No, so there was there was one puzzle where you had to look at a wall three times in order to get a password to it go was in the bathroom into, into a secret yeah. room. And we said in the Discord episode that you and I both enjoyed chatting to characters multiple times, but yeah. I would never interact with an object more than once because why would I? Whereas in this, you had to in order to get you something did. to progress. Yeah. And I felt that playing that now, that was a bit of a barrier for me because yeah. I would never mm-hmm. have done that. I'm wondering whether, like right now, I wasn't thinking it then, I, I'm wondering whether it's sort of working on this idea of that was that is prevalent about when people talk about adventure games, this frustration element, where you would go pixel hunting. Yes. And you would end you up going right. back to places you've been already and clicking on things to try and use them again to see if it breaks the cycle of, mm. of being blocked. And maybe in Sierra games, maybe that was a, a trope for those Maybe games. it was as well, yeah. We don't know. I've played King's Quest and, I, and as I said, I've played, played Space Quest, but I, I haven't delved really deeply into them. And Hannah knows those games inside out, so when I played them, it was it was with her, so right. she, she was sort of taking the lead and she knew all the puzzles anyway. So I never really got stuck and therefore wouldn't have had to experience those things. Who knows? Hmm. Certainly not me. It was quite good the way it played about with the, some of the adventure game tropes as well, like with the whiskey glass yeah so yeah in the first scene the bartender serves you a drink and it, it's a, a glass of whiskey which you can then pop into your inventory and a message came came up saying something along the lines of uh larry places this glass of whiskey delicately and precariously inside his open pocket something yeah. like that which we both laughed at didn't we? yeah i i like i like that it's aware of itself and it definitely was aware of itself yes it was all the way through so Again, that might be, if, if I were to play this, and I'm not as sure that I won't now as I was before, if that makes sense. Like, I thought we were going to have a go on this, and then that would be that. And the second half of was hating on it, but it hasn't No, I, I, I think that the game has actually piqued my interest. It's made me mm. think, oh, I might have missed out on this first time around. Maybe you, I should. I mean, I've paid £7.69 <laughs> for them. Yeah. So uh, I might as well. How many did you say? Seven. Was it seven games? Or was no, it six I've games? got six. I've oh, got, I've got, sorry, I've got was... one, two, six, right. but I haven't got six games because what we forgot to come oh. back to in the first episode, in the yeah. first half, was that Legacy of Larry 4, the elusive fourth game, yeah, it's called Legacy of Larry 4, The Missing Floppies, and it was never made as far as people know. There, there, was a, there were lots of stories apparently that go around, uh, that, like rumours around it, but apparently one of the prevailing stories is that the team made the game, then lost the floppies that it was saved on. Wow. And just couldn't be asked to do the rest of the... Uh, to, to remake it. Oh, can't say I blame them. Well, me neither, but... Um, Should have done a backup. Equally, they just think... They, there are plenty of things to suggest that it was never made and that it was an in-joke anyway right. within within the office, within the Sierra office, and that they just skipped from three to five so it's an urban myth. For fun. Yeah. Yeah. But nobody actually, I, as far as I know, nobody actually knows the truth. So it's called The Missing Floppies, both because literally it was The Missing Floppies and also because it's a bit of a smutty joke again. Yeah. Innuendo. Yeah. Well done, man. Yeah. Definitely. Before we move on from the adventure game side of it, we realised the presentation of it. The So the, the screen mm. filled up the whole screen. I'll explain what I mean by that a bit more. On Monkey Island, for example, in Monkey Island. You have the top half, two-thirds of the screen. Yeah, you the have actual, the scene. Yeah, and then underneath you've got your verbs and then the inventory. In Legacy of Larry, the screen filled up the entirety of it and you moved your cursor up and then this box scroll came okay, down from the top that has all your your pictures for different Yeah, options. So there was a speech bubble to talk to characters and, and move 
picture of someone walking to move around and so on, which was initially quite clunky, but it was really nicely done because it meant you could focus on what was happening in the screen. Yeah. We then realised you could use the right mouse button to scroll through all the different options, which did make it a lot more fluid. It and did. we felt that that was really intuitive and very well done. Yeah, and, and I said to you about, just sort of instinctively, I said, hmm. without thinking about what I was saying, to be honest, this must be where the Broken Sword system came from because it felt very similar in, in so much as in Broken Sword, if you highlight something, it will show you one option and then the other option is always to investigate it, to look at it. So if you can use something, then it will come up with cogs. If you can uh, speak to someone, it will come up with a mouth. mouth. And if you can investigate something, it will come up with a, was it a, little moving a magnifying hand? glass. Was there a hand one? Of oh, there was, well. a, there was a hand one, yeah. And the, if you wanted to move from scene to scene, there was a hand that sort of pointed yeah, to the left or to the right off screen. Yeah. And it felt very much like that could have sprung out of the system that they were using in Lace Suit Larry. At the same time, we did say, because you said about the right-clicking, to cycle through each of your options, each of your actions. We're not sure whether that existed in the 1991 remake or whether it was just added to be re-released later on. And we can't answer that. We no. don't know because we were, we never played it in the 90s, obviously. Either way, it was it was really good. Yeah, I thought I thought the system worked pretty well. Although there was a bad one, wasn't there? <laughs> so each of the pictures, like a bit like Broken Sword, there was a speech board for speaking. There was the character walking to move around. And then one of them was a, a zipper that was opening. Yeah. And we weren't quite sure what it was, but it had multiple purposes. You just had one of them. Yeah. It's an option to shag. And it's also an option to, to have a wee against things. Yeah. Or just into the, in the middle of the bar. Yeah. Just, it, I mean, it was quite funny, I suppose, the the, the weird. Because it said something about he turns around slyly or something. Oh, with a... I can't remember the word. In, and I'm not going to be able to say it funny like it was. So With a mischievous smile over a shoulder yeah, or something, something like that. No, that was me. I showed you how I did. Oh, of course, you did. Sorry, yeah. With a mischief, mischievous smile. Not actually acting it out. Just I did. I'm oh. doing it again now. Oh, no, please stop. I'll put it away. Sorry. Thank you. And if you got the zipper icon and placed it on Larry himself, it then came up with a, a box that said, "No, Larry, this is why you're having your adventure to try and stop yourself from doing that." Which we yeah. found quite funny. I mean, the thing is, it is it is still like teenage boy oh, humor. Very like, much so. Yeah. It's it's not particularly well developed. It's quite adolescent, but. For what from what we were expecting it to be, this game, I think that I can happily say that I I was wrong, and it's better than I expected. It's it's possibly even better than Carry On film. Oh, definitely, I'd agree with that. Yeah, I think it may. There were some moments where we actually laughed, laughed quite hard. Yes. So it even before we got into the game itself, we were laughing. Mm. The age verification system. Oh yeah, yeah. So I knew this was coming. So I one of the when I when I bought the games, I installed them and then. Just made sure that it was working properly. I, it was obviously going to work, so I got off good old games. I booted it up, and the first thing that it starts to do is ask you questions that are supposed. First, it asks you how old you are, and it gives you some uh, options like under 15, 15 to 18, 19 to 39, which is the one I chose. And then it asks you, it tells you it's going to ask you five questions to verify your age. And they are like, Trivia question, yes. Which I got wrong twice. He said, if you get them, if you get two wrong, you aren't an adult; you're a kid. So the question comes up with four options, options to choose yes, from, multiple choice. Yeah. And I got my two wrong, and it booted me out of the game. Instantly. I literally just closed the game straight away. Yeah. So I didn't tell Chris about this first, and he he started it up, and it went through this rigmarole, and he got booted out of the game. And both of us were like. In, well, I, I knew, but he had exactly the same response. He was incredulous <laughs> that and, he'd even done it. And I was laughing because it, yeah, it, it was so unexpected. It's so funny. Yeah. It is so funny. That was 
that's possibly the funniest thing that I think the game did. Because it's so like the game was in charge. I don't yeah, know really how to explain it. It's like it. the game, the game was bossing you around. The game was in control. Definitely, it was so. It was funny. The only negative being that the questions were very American. Yeah, yeah. Things so that we like, would have had no. Con- and also from nineteen eighty eight as well. Yeah. Well, asking about baseball players and the mayor of New York and what have you. My first qu- two, my questions when I when I booted up earlier, uh, the first one was which one of these four isn't a baseball team. Right. I do not know. <laughs> but equally, there was a question I had where it said Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled and they had to choose the last. Yeah. So there was a bit of a balance there. There's also an issue with the questions being dated and in some cases outright wrong. Now, one of the examples that I read after the fact was that a question is OJ Simpson is and then one of the options is being indicted before it all kicked off around around that situation if you... If you know what I mean. Which situation? There were, I don't know. I, there were I, quite a few. Well, yeah. <laughs> before, before any of the situations really kicked off. Before the juice got loose. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Thank you. Thank you. I thought you were trying to drop me in it. No, not at all. Make me have to talk about things. Nope. I'm not the slightest. Good, I'm glad. While so, we are talking about the game being on slightly shaky territory, shall yeah. we talk about the bit that we think was possibly racist? Yeah. I mean, I don't think it was possibly. It was quite... And so the scene had Larry, you were going to buy some condoms. Yes. I don't think it was necessary for him to... Again, this makes it sound a bit like the, the perception we had of it. Mm. Maybe later on in the game he would have used them, but at the point of the game we were at, he wasn't... No, he wasn't in any soon. position to be able to use those condoms. No, not at all. Um, but the guy selling the condoms, the uh, the owner of the Quick Mart or the, or the worker, it became quite apparent that they were, they were being a bit... They were. It was a. It was a slight. It was a racist representation of that. Yeah. Man. The way that they had him talking. Obviously, this is in text, not out loud. But they had him saying uh, words in certain ways that made it sound like he was like a caricature, like a like a foreigner. Exactly. If you get me. Um, so, for yeah, example, caricature. it then became apparent during the conversation that his name was, was it Saddam. Yeah. So Saddam. Yeah. So we started to wonder whether it was you know 1991 Gulf War sort of hangovers i don't know but you said about 24 24 did a similar thing like you said that after 2001 happened after the world trade center was attacked so on the way here this afternoon i, I was listening to a, another podcast and they were talking about 24 series one and the first series about how i've never watched 24 so i, I have no mm. idea no neither have i that the first series was going to air two or three weeks after 9 11 so the series was edited so that the, the enemies in it were uh, Serbian rather than from the Middle East because of oh, maybe, right, okay. maybe, I trying think I to, maybe trying to allay any fears or whatever. Then second yeah. series it then became very much about, about the, the baddies being from the Middle East, which right. would have fed into the paranoia at the time. Yeah, and there was a great deal of paranoia at the time. Definitely, yes. I, I can only imagine that it was... I, I mean, it's something that we're still dealing with, to be honest, but it's not something that we're going to get into on the podcast. No, um, I can imagine, I can well imagine... Although saying that, maybe not, because we've just said about it, it came out in 1907 originally. So if that character was the same then, then that is pre-Gulf War. Even so, even so, it doesn't matter why it was, it just definitely was I think that a would bad have been, representation. I think it would have been very much of the time, though, late 80s, when yeah. Gulf War was on the horizon. Ronald Reagan, sort of. Precisely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, it it definitely had rough, very rough edges. So that and made it uncomfortable, mm. and 
that was the only bit of the game that did make them uncomfortable. And actually, that was for a racism reason rather than a sexism reason. So that was unexpected, wasn't it? Yeah, maybe it shouldn't have been, though. Oh, no, it shouldn't have been maybe there, full stop. But no, I mean, maybe it shouldn't have been unexpected. Because I think the general tone of the game was made, maybe leading us there. I, what I am surprised at is that it was in a game made by a mainstream creator like Sierra. Like it, yeah. I said I said earlier about games in the back of magazines. Did you know what I meant by that? Well, ones with male order ones we could send off. Well, male more, order ones, but also where more you could... Huh? A bit more low key. You, it, I'm thinking male order ones where people have made them in their bedrooms, you know, right. like on a, and they've put them on a tape and sent them off right. to you, uh, or even where you get the code and you pop it on your own, you you program it in yourself. Right. Have you seen those? No, not at all. No, oh, that was a bit of a thing in the eighties. Right. Um, I can imagine there. I, there were a lot of like these quite strange games made that there was. A, there used to be a program on television. I think it was called Game Nation. Remember right. Game Nation? No, not at all. Okay, so Game Nation was a like a magazine show, a game magazine show. Um, and one of the guys on there, I'll tell you what you do remember, that Dara O'Brien programme. Oh, Go 8-Bit. Go 8-Bit. Yeah. You know Steve on that? Yeah. So Steve McNeil. knows his stuff. Yes. And he, I think it was him, he did a segment on like lewd games. And there were all sorts of these lewd games that were put into the back of magazines that you could send off for mail order, or that were passed around in. He's, I think, he probably said the playground, where Boxes. there was, there were things like one of the ones that I remember, and I never played any of these, but um, one of the ones that I remember from him talking about it, from someone talking about it, is where there was people in a like tower block, and then someone at the bottom with their mouth open, and they were. <laughs> You know where this is going, don't you? Oh, God. I hope it's not going where I think <laughs> There were people spunking out of the windows, and there was a lady at the bottom with her mouth open. It's horrendous. It's utterly yeah. grotesque. And, and actually, that is a perfect example of what I thought Legend Suit Live was yes. going to be. Like, I thought it was going to be as crude and horrible as that. Um, oh, but it's awful. Yeah. I, I think if it had been, if, if that Quickie Mart element had been in a game like that, then I would have been like, oh, right, yeah, okay. I, I should expect that. But then, mm. if you you've got a Sierra, a publisher like Sierra, and they're putting it, they're putting it out. That well, is probably where the surprise comes from. Just go past the tower blocks. I'm just thinking about if just one person was doing it, let alone multiple. I know people. Multiple so many people. people that there's the ladies at the bottom I'm, just waiting for it to all land on. Like I'm now thinking that I might have got the wrong program because that was on a like you made Sunday morning. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Would, no. <laughs> it was on a Sunday morning at ten o'clock. I think it might have been on Gameswipe. With Charlie Brooker. Right. I think there was a segment on sexy and games. And was this actually a real game or made it? Oh, yeah, it was a real game, yeah. Should we play it for next year's Valentine's Day special? Mm, I think we should try and find Roman. Not between each other, not with one another. <laughs> Just I mean, clarify. Are there? Because you said in the beginning, that uh, in the first half, there are no games that you can think of where there's, like, love or romance. Or certainly not where it's thrust. Oh, there you go. <laughs> certainly not where it's the main drive of the game there are games where the characters come together not mm. like that and it feels fairly realistic yeah. for, for whatever reason so an example i'm thinking of is i genuinely felt playing final fantasy 8 years ago squall and was it renoa wasn't mm. it that the, the, their romance was was quite well mm. realized but that's one part of a sprawling yeah, much larger game. game. It's not that that's the main part of the game. No. 
So recently, last week, Nights and Bikes came out for the Switch, which I was yeah. texting you about because I really want to play it because it's had some fantastic reviews. I was reading a very in-depth review of it uh, last night that said one of the things they loved about it was the realism of the characters. It's about these two, I think, 10, 11-year-old girls living on the Isle of Wight, or is it mm. an island just off Cornwall? And so in England, and the way these two characters are realised is just so realistic. I keep using the word real and variance. No, I know what I mean. And it it just comes across so well, so, so tangibly, and the, the reviewer really enjoyed that because they felt that it was rare to have a game where the yeah. character was so realistic, yeah. use the word again. That's the point I'm getting at. I don't feel... So like, well realised. Yeah. I don't feel there are any any games that I've played of, or that I'm aware of, where characters have a romance that feels... No, and the ones that are springing into my mind right now, I I started to think, like, you know, you have those dating simulators that are popular Mm -hmm. with a certain subset of people, and particularly, I think, in Japan, like, Hatterful Boyfriend, I think, is the one with the pigeons, where you can date pigeons. What, Hatterful? Hatterful Boyfriend, H-A-T-O-F-U-L. Hatterful boyfriend. I think like a mad hatter. A hatterful. Mm, no, I don't know what it means, but I th- I'm sure that's where you are a some kind of pigeon, and you are trying to find someone to love that is a pigeon or a dove or. Do you get a, a, a tower block and like throw your mug down? I don't know. Lady I, underneath I, mean, I think they gave it away on PS Plus on PlayStation Plus. I think it was a free game on PlayStation Plus, and I might even have it. Dirty boy. Yeah. Well, uh, there's there's those sorts of things. There was another one that came that I. I kind of half remember again. I've not played it, but it was uh, it was targeted at women, and it was all about dating sexy dads. <laughs> so I don't know. Again, I don't know whether this is married dads or uh, divorced dads or bereaved dads. I don't know. So <laughs> you got a subset of dads. sexy dads. Yeah, it was. Yeah, maybe maybe there was a whole variety of different dads in different circumstances that you could seduce and marry. Or something. but again, is that right? Ro- I don't know how much romance is involved. That seems quite niche, I would say. Oh yeah, well, dating simulators are. Aren't yeah, they? but the again, going back to my point, a game with a realistic romance that people well, can relate. To. Yeah, I know. One, well, you never know. There might be some dating simulators out there that are very well realized. There may well be. I don't know them because I'm not. We'll do really... a Valentine's Day in like 2028 20, or something. When we've really got stuck into yeah. date, spent eight years just playing dating <laughs> simulators yeah. exclusively. Yeah. I know you won't like me saying it, but Stardew Valley has, again, it's not particularly well realized, but it has this mechanic where you have to build up your uh, levels, mm-hmm. your relationships with people. And the way you do that is by giving them presents. And that, that, that goes for all of the villages in the, in the, village in the town it's very materialistic isn't it it is quite yeah you have to keep having conversations with them as well right. and listen to them and take things on board from them and give them their favorite things and such but you can also marry them so you there are some men and some women that are labeled as single and once you reach a certain level of relationship you can start to woo them and it's a gradual process it's not like they like you eight hearts now right you well actually it is it kind of is <laughs> But it's not something that you can do overnight. You re- you have to hit eight hearts, and it takes a, a significant period of time to reach that, and a, and a significant effort, which is simplistic. It's not fully realised, but I suppose it it sort of reflects the effort you have to make in love. I just like to see a game where it's just about two characters that and, love and yeah, just and the a difficulty, re- just a, a good interpretation. Yeah. So if listeners, if you know of any games where this happens, please yes. let us know. Yeah. One that I can think of isn't a video game; it's a board game. It's called And Then We Held Hands. Right. 
So in and then we held hands. You have a board with this circle, and I think the aim is to get into the middle. And it's a two-player game, one of you on one side, one of you on the other. And you're not allowed to talk to each other for the whole game. And you've got to make decisions that are going to benefit your relationship without actually being able to speak. So it's all about intuition, and it's all about knowing your partner and and getting into their headspace and being able to think the way that they think. And unfortunately, it's out of print and costs a lot of money to right. to acquire. But uh, it looks it looks like a really lovely game and one that would be a good candidate for if it was a video game. What we're what we're sort of looking for. Yeah. So if anyone knows if anyone knows a game, yeah. please do tell please us. Please let us know. Um, I think uh, is there anything else that we want to. I, I think that feels like a, a natural place to, to finish. It does, yeah. So we've reached a, a nice natural climax there with uh, finishing on... I didn't like that. No, I know. It's it's hard, isn't it? Ah! Oh. <laughs> we've ended on quite a, a reflective note, and I feel that's a good place. Yeah, it it I, isn't where I expected to finish, Lotus Suit Larry, I'll be honest. No, I, I really... In his headspace. Yeah. Caveat again, though. We didn't play the whole game, and there might have been just round the corner, there might have been <laughs> the worst thing ever. <laughs> We don't know for definite, so if it if it is like that again, let us know. <laughs> so we so if you play it, get us a bit with the racist shopkeeper and then stop. Yeah, yeah, that might be a good. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, we haven't said whether we recommend it. I would recommend it. So I re- recommend it with that caveat. I had the same feeling as you that as we were playing it, I was thinking, yeah, I would be interested in playing this some more. Mm. I did think going back to what we said about adventure games, it felt unnecessarily difficult. I, I said about the Monkey Island. Mm remaster, remake, whatever you want to call it, had an option where you could press a button and everything mm. you can interact with would then sparkle on the screen. That didn't have that as far as we were aware, and mm. I think that would have really helped. So, for example, outside the bar at the start of the game, there was a sign with a picture of a taxi on, and you could click on the, that sign, it would call a taxi, which would then take you to other parts of the city. I would never have, mm. have got that you could do that at all. No. I might have done it eventually if I was playing about, but then that but would have been pixel clicking. Yeah. Which to me is not good gameplay. So no. I would recommend it regardless. What about you actually? I would recommend it with that with a caveat that there might be something that we didn't manage to get to today that totally undermines and undoes that recommendation. Yeah. So on the basis of what we've seen today, yes. If you like adventure games as well, then shall it might be worth the time when you didn't think it was. Shall we also finish on a book recommendation mm-hmm. linked to that? Your book that you jotted down. Uh yeah. I mean I don't know how um I don't know how available it is, but one of Chris, you said about the podcast, not podcast, blog that you found that said about women playing it. One of the things that I came across was a book called Sex in Video Games uh, by a lady called Brenda Romero. Uh, She she was one of the people that said how astonishing it was that this game had so many female players because apparently there were lots of female players for for Legacy Larry One in the in in eighty seven eighty eight. She definitely said Legacy Larry One. It wasn't one of the sequels. No. Oh, yeah. Well, because that shows maybe that, that's how another thing. The game did I say? Thing. Did I say it sold about four hundred thousand copies yeah, by the end of the year? Yeah. Yeah. So apparently, she doesn't. In what I could find, she doesn't say how many, what proportion of those were female players. Yeah. But she says that it had a lot of female players. I'm sure I get a, a book called Sex and Video Games would have a lot of interest in romance games, bits and bobs in it. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe not romance games. I don't know. I'd hope so. So. Give that a look, maybe, if you're interested. Yeah, if, and not, if not, don't. Give our Facebook page a look. Give it a like. Give it a follow. Give our Twitter a look, a like, a follow. Yeah, we're on all the social medias. Yeah, come and subscribe to us on YouTube. We are doing... We're coming back to YouTube after a bit of a fraught period. And I've just started a new project 
based in Planet Zoo, where I'm going to be building Chester Zoo from the UK. So come and subscribe. Keep up to date on that. It's going to be amazing. Have a little look and we'll see you. And talk to us. Talk to us. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll see you next time. Okay. This Game Wear is a Specky Two Guys production. Music for the episode is provided under Creative Commons license by Stevia Sphere from the album Cell Division, which can be found at steviasphere.bandcamp.com.